This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Monday, July the 4th, 2022. Happy 4th of July to everyone. Remember, Headlines is your daily one-stop shop podcast to give you all the news in the world of professional wrestling. Headlines scours all the wrestling websites and social media sites to bring you a comprehensive breakdown of everything that's happening in the world of professional wrestling. Headlines is available anywhere podcasts are made available and is entirely free. If you know a wrestling fan who would enjoy Headlines, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know that we are here on a daily basis to bring you all the updated information. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's jump right into the headlines. Over on eWrestling News, Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour, Andrade El Idolo is raising money for a baby with cancer. AEW star Andrade El Idolo is raising money for a baby who is fighting cancer. Earlier today, uh, Andrade took to Twitter and wrote the following message. Hello, text me at 407-708-9577 at direct message app. Andrade wants to make sure everyone realizes that he is wanting to raise money for an eight-month-old baby named Ray Antonio Arnello, who is in his hometown who was diagnosed with cancer only at three months old. Once again, if you'd like to go ahead and donate, please go ahead and follow Andrade on his social media platforms, and there is a link to go ahead and donate money. With more information on this, Ryan Clark will have this more on eWrestling News. Ryan Clark is also writing about Bianca Belair, Roman Reigns, The Street Profits, 
and so many more. Now, you can check out the latest edition of WWE Playlist. The episodes look at all of Brock Lesnar's matches he's had so far against Roman Reigns. That's the first one. The Street Profits and Bianca Belair are featured in a new advertisement for Applebee's. That is also a commercial you can check out as well. You can also check out all the editions of WWE Canvas to Canvas. The episodes are featured uh, for the artwork for WWE NXT 2.0 Superstar Roxanne Perez. And finally, you can check out the latest edition of Up, Up, Down, Down, which is also available on eWrestling News. This episode features Xavier Woods and WWE 2K22 gameplay. For more information on all of this, you can continue to follow Wrestling, eWrestling News, and Ryan Clark has more of this trending at this hour. Continuing to trend also in the news today, let's talk a little bit about Adam Cole. Now, as many people know, Adam Cole has had so far a very successful career inside AEW since he decided to leave WWE. Joshua Jones is writing in at this hour, Adam Cole reveals the original plan for the Undisputed Era. Now, the Undisputed Era became the centerpiece of WWE NXT 2.0 after winning all the gold on that brand. All the group was now transitioned to AEW. The leader of the dominant faction, Adam Cole, recently discussed the original plan for the group. WWE seemingly pitched for four people to be a part of it. Now, speaking on the latest episode of the Kurt Angle Show, Cole revealed that it was only after Bobby Fish was injected into the group that a decision was made on a fourth member. Ultimately, they decided on Roderick Strong would be the best fit. The three of us were kind of like off to ourselves. And then we said to ourselves, I know we didn't say anybody else was going to join the group, but Roderick Strong would really be perfect and we're all buddies with him. So we think that would be a natural fit. Adding one or two more people to the group was discussed at one point and I kind of knew that there would be four of us. It just felt like Roderick was an exception to the rule and we should add him. Cole would reform the faction AEW and name it the Undisputed Elite. Meanwhile, Strong would still remain and NXT is part of the Diamond Mine faction. For more information on this, Joshua Jones has this article trending right now over on E-Wrestling News. Joshua Jones is also writing this hour a little bit about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega reveals his favorite pro wrestling characters. Kenny Omega has been out of action in an injury for the last eight months. Although he hasn't appeared on television, he's been interviewed recently about his thoughts on the state of pro wrestling and some of his favorite wrestling characters of all time. Two characters he really enjoyed watching were the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Vince McMahon. During his Twitch stream in CEO Gaming, the former AEW World Champion gave props to two WWE legends and said that he also enjoyed their work. He would go on to say, Vince McMahon, I guess. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was a great heel. Who else was good? Hmm. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase Sr. He was a good character. Omega was rumored to join McMahon's company for years, but ultimately the cleaner stayed away from WWE. It's currently unknown whether Omega will return back to AEW, and if he does, no one seems to know a timetable based on his injuries. If you'd like to find out more about Kenny Omega, Joshua Jones has this article trending right now over on eWrestling News. Ryan Clark's also writing this hour, Chris Jericho is set to appear on this week's edition of Impractical Jokers. Ryan Clark is writing, All Elite Wrestling took to Twitter announcing that Chris Jericho will be appearing on Thursday's episode of Practical Jokers. The AEW star will be joining Sal, James, and Brian on the show. Previously, Tommy Dreamer has also been a reoccurring 
member on the show. You can keep up with all of your wrestling news as far as Chris Jericho by continuing to follow Ryan Clark and eWrestling News as he will have all of the latest on this. Continuing on, Ryan Clark is also talking about Tony Khan. Tony Khan owns a fan on social media who claimed AEW sells bootleg NFL jackets. AEW president and CEO Tony Khan recently shut down a fan on Twitter who accused All Elite Wrestling of selling bootleg NFL jackets with the AEW logo on them. Fan tweeted a photo of Khan in Jim Ross at UFC 273 and compared it to Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and Pat McAfee who were at UFC 276. A fan wrote, My favorite part of this photo below is Jim Ross wearing a bootleg AEW jacket that already has an NFL logo on the arm. AEW sells these jackets out of the back truck in Daly's place in their parking lot. JR it's got a real one. Khan would write the following. My favorite part of this is that JR is wearing a vest. Britt Baker also chimed in by saying, regardless, I'm going to send at AEW shop to send me a link for those jackets. If they're even se- if they're selling them, many people believe that so many different individuals inside AEW continue to support Tony Khan and believe the company will ultimately still continue to succeed as long as they stay on the track that they initially created. For more information on this, continue following e wrestling news. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour. Natalia praises three NXT. 2.0 superstars. Who were they? During a recent appearance on the After the Bell show with Corey Graves podcast, WWE superstar Natalia commented on her time working in the NXT 2.0 brand. Now, according to the three-time WWE Divas champion, she was impressed with the work of Cora Jade, Tiffany Stratton, Nikita Lyons, all of them during her brief stint on the brand. Now, there's so many things that she had to say. Now, on who stood out at the Performance Center, she would go on to say, A few months ago, I had the chance to be down there for a little while. I even had some private training sessions with some of the girls, which really, really were cool because I wanted to see myself and see who was good down there and who has a potential to be up here with us. Well, first of all, I loved working with Cora. I thought she was awesome. She was open to like learning things and trying new things and just being aggressive and being also vulnerable. And the second we found out more vulnerable she was, she was more open to that vulnerability, especially in front of the world people are really going to start to feel for her. Now on being impressed with Tiffany Stratton, online you see Tiffany Stratton's Instagram page on Tiffany Stratton's Twitter page. Before I even met her, I was like, this girl doesn't like wrestling. This girl's a model. I mean, she's pretty. She got hired because she's pretty. I had to practice with her and I had a massive private session with like 10 different women from NXT. I went back home and I said to TJ, my husband, I said, Tiffany is really good. I was like her. I really like Tiffany. I think there's something about her. Now, on being impressed with Nikita, she would also go on to say, another one that really impressed me was Nikita Lyons. Nikita was like so easy to work with. She was open to learning and she wanted to try different things. Lash Legend, I was like, we had a great match together and she did some really cool stuff and impressed me. Of course, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of Io Shirai. I'm a huge fan of Kaylee Ray. I think Kaylee has something really, really special about her, especially being in the form of a leader. Tatum was awesome to work with. She impressed the shit out of me and she is also so good. I started wanting to train with her more privately so she could come up and start training with me in the dungeon in Calgary. If you'd like to find out more about what Natalia had to say about the women of NXT 2.0, follow Ryan Clark as he is more information trending right now at this hour. Santino Morella and Vince McMahon's relationship. Ryan Clark's writing about that today. During a recent appearance on Monday Mailbag with Mike Kyoto podcast, former WWE superstar Santoni, uh, Santonio Morella commented on his working relationship with Vince McMahon. The inspiration Vince had on him 
opening his Battle Arts Academy, and so much more. Now, on Vince McMahon inspiring Santino, Santino would go on to say, and I quote, I opened Battle Arts Academy in 2013, and I became the Vince of my world. I had to approve everything. I was steering the ship. We had several programs running at a time. I had to decide the direction of every single program, payroll, creative, putting the shows, everything. I had to make decisions on it, and I had everything had to pass through me. I had to do it myself. I just understood a lot more about what Vince does and how hot and stupid I got sometimes. But sometimes you have to because it's your baby. I had a problem delegating because I wanted things to get done right, and I wanted them to be done perfectly, and I guess that's why I get hot sometimes at people because I just want things done perfectly. I understand why he gets hot sometimes. You need those key people just beneath you that you can trust. You know, this guy has your best intentions in mind and a couple of just key people. Vince has his fingerprints in every single aspect of his business. Everything from creative design to pay-per-views to posters to programming. There's a lot of people out there that say, oh, it's cool to hate on Vince McMahon, but how can you hate a guy when you've enjoyed his product for so long? Now, on the praise he has on Vince's ability to be easy to talk to, Santino would go on to say, there were times where I didn't want to approach him because he was busy working, but every time I approach Vince with an idea, I was very welcomed at times. He's an awesome guy. I never had a bad experience with him, ever. I know other people that have had good and bad experiences, but he was like, knock on my door anytime. He would put always put the phone down, take his glasses off, and give me his undivided attention. I'm like, wow, this guy is a class act. The whole family is actually. If you'd like to find out more about what Santino had to say about his relationship with Vince McMahon and his feelings about being in charge of his academy, continue following eWrestling News. Ryan Clark is also writing this hour more about Adam Cole. Adam Cole asked if The Party's love of video games will be a subject on D. D-S-O-T-R. During the latest edition of Hey, E-W, with RJ City, Adam Cole was asked about whether or not Da Party and their love of video games could be a, a subject of the Dark Side of the Ring. Now, RJ City, you were in a gamer group. I cannot really legally say the name right now, but I'll just say The Party, Adam Cole says. Where they at? And he smiles. RJ City, you played a game and you call it do you think that now, from decades from now, people will be watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode detailing how the excessive online gaming ruined the lives of wrestlers' careers? Adam Cole, you know, I think that's incredibly unlikely considering the fact that we have a very healthy love for video games and then the bond that forms when we're being very positive. So I don't think you could possibly discuss Dark Side of the Ring on that episode. RJ City. So, a young wrestler trying to get into the business. You wouldn't say, hey kid, I've been there. Stay away from those games. You wouldn't say that, would you? Adam Cole. No, why would I say that? For more information on this experience, Ryan Clark has all of it trending over on eWrestling News. Ryan Clark is also talking a little Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes has much praise for John Cena, and he says he would be interested in wrestling him if the opportunity presented itself. WWE NXT 2.0 star Cameron Grimes was recently interviewed by Sportskeeda to discuss a wide variety of topics, including his desire to face John Cena at some point in the future. Now, on wanting to face John Cena, Grimes would go on to say, and I quote, So when I win the NXT championship, I would love to defend the title against Cena. I feel like... Anyone that's in the business would love an opportunity against John Cena in any type of light. 
You know, you could book a coconut show in Largo. I don't care even if it's on television. You could just do it in the performance center and we wouldn't even have to turn on the cameras. I would just love the opportunity. Now, on previously sharing an on-screen moment with John Cena, Grimes had this to say, I think it's absolutely incredible that John Cena is back. The man is a freak. John Cena is the man. I look up to him so much that anytime he comes back, he can truly be the star on our show. I'm tuning in every time I see him. I remember around 2007, maybe, Raw was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I got to go to the show. John Cena came out and he took his shirt off. He whipped it around and he threw it in the crowd. I caught that t-shirt and I remember catching that t-shirt and the first thing I did was look on the tag on the shirt. I didn't know what size he was wearing. He had a 3XL shirt and it still was tight on his arms. If you'd like to find out more about Cameron Gribe's absolute affection and respect for John Cena, Ryan Clark has that article trending right now over on eWrestling News. Ryan Clark's also writing about Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly provides an update on his injury. During a recent appearance on the This Is Van Culler podcast, AEW star Kyle O'Reilly provided an update on his health. O'Reilly's last match with AEW was on June 8th's episode of Dynamite, where he faced against John Moxley. He then gone to say this, This October, I'll be wrestling for 17 years now. It's a lot of bumps, a lot of wear and tear on your body. Fortunately, nothing serious has really happened to me. I've been hurt a lot. I've been injured. I've always been able to grind through, through everything. I've showed up and performed as well as I can in the ring despite whatever I was nursing. Sometimes medical staff has to turn us against ourselves. And as wrestlers, sometimes we'll go until the wheels fall off. My shoulder is hurt, okay? I won't do any moves that I land on my shoulder. We're crazy like that. That's the way we think. This is something I've been dealing with. It's a nagging thing I've been dealing with. Specifically, it's been pretty bad for the last five years. In the last few weeks of wrestling in AEW, I've been really banged up, and I don't know the extent of the injury as it stands right now. I still don't know all the information, so I don't want to disclose exactly what's happening to me. I need more information, and I should know probably this week what the recovery timetable is going to be and what all it will entail. All I can do right now is... It's off time. It's time to reinvent myself, rejuvenate myself, get in better shape, and come back stronger than I've ever been before. For more information on Kyle O'Reilly and his current health situation, Ryan Clark has that chanting right now over on eWrestling News. Ryan Clark's also writing about Willow Nightingale dealing with a visa issue. What's going on with this? Now, Terminus is going to be taking to Twitter to update more of their card. The event will be taking place on July 21st from the Oasis Event Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Right now, it is going to be Jonathan Gresham versus Tashita, Queen Amita versus Masa Slamovich, and Jay Lethal versus Baron Black. Now, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Willow Nightingale. Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling took to Twitter today to announce that Willow Nightingale has been pulled from their July 9th show due to a visa issue. Nightingale replied to the tweet saying the following, I was looking forward to debuting with you this upcoming weekend, but sometimes things don't go as planned. Hopefully, once my visa situation gets settled, I will be able to finally wrestle for you. Please still watch Summer Sun Princess, and I will be studying my Japanese. For more information on this, not only Terminus's upcoming show on July 21st, but the visa situation with Willow Nightingale, continue following eWrestling News as they will give you all of the latest. Ryan Clark's also writing in at this hour, Matt Hardy believes that the recently added Claudio Castanoli will be used really well in AEW. 
During the latest edition of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast, AEW star Matt Hardy commented on Claudio Castagnoli, who was known as Cesaro in WWE, making his debut in All Elite Wrestling, and how he thinks he will be utilized in the company. Now, Hardy would go on to say, and I quote, He's a great asset. If he's working for any company, he's a great asset. He's one of those guys, too. I've worked with him a lot, obviously. When we returned to WWE, we had the Hardys versus the Bar program. He's a guy who really gets it. But besides just being a great technical wrestler and scientific, he knows how to do great strikes. He's very creative. He's very unique in ways that many can't. On top of that, he speaks so many different languages. It's insane. But you know, it's cool to get to work with him. But maybe... It'll be broken matter, woken Matt. You never know. You know, this whole gig that he's got going right now, it works with so many different characters so well. So I think he truly will have the complete package, and I'm excited to see him in AEW. I think he's going to do really well here. I think he'll probably get the greatest utilization he's had in a very long time here in AEW. If you'd like to find out more of what Matt Hardy had to say about Claudio now being in AEW, continue following Ryan Clark and follow E-Wrestling News. Ryan Clark is also writing in at this hour. Tony Khan gives his reaction, his personal reaction to Blood and Guts and more. During a recent appearance on the Battleground podcast, AEW President Tony Khan commented on Blood and Guts and how the match took place last week on AEW Dynamite, having a big roster help out for the Forbidden Door lineup and so much more. Now, on his reaction to this year's blood and guts match this is what tony had to say it was a great match there's some differences between that and war games there's no coin toss involved in blood and guts it's typically done through a match or a contract that we agree who ends up having the advantage there's also two doors so you don't have two teams having to stand anywhere near each other you can completely separate these two teams who want to rip each other's heads off in blood and guts. The cage is designed differently, and also this year, it has six on six, so there's more wrestlers involved. The blood and guts match we had was tremendous. It's one of the best matches I've ever had on TV in AEW. It was a huge success being number one on cable, and that match in particular, there were 1.1 million viewers watching throughout the whole coverage. It really peaked with a huge audience at the end with an exciting conclusion. Some of the top stars in wrestling made their way to the top of the cage, and it got absolutely crazy at that point. It was a great hour of television. That match actually was the second hour of the show, and it definitely held the audience's interest. It peaked at number one on cable on Wednesday, and we continue to get great ratings and the support from the fans. Now, continuing on having a big roster, which helped out with the Forbidden Door lineup. We had backup plans that we were able to execute. Forbidden Door was such a huge success. AEW versus New Japan. We have such a deep roster of stars that we were very fortunate. People had said, you have so many wrestlers, and you paid wrestlers really well. Well, yeah, it's a brutal sport. There's injuries. There's guys and gals who get injured in these fights. We have a great roster of stars and we're able to weather the storms of injuries and we're still able to put on a great event. If you'd like to find out more about what Tony Khan said, continue following E-Wrestling News and Ryan Clark as he will give you more information on that. Ryan Clark's also writing about Ring of Honor update. Here's an update for the tickets for the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor event that will be happening. Ring of Honor will be making its return to Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view that will be happening on July the 23rd. The event will take place from the Tongas Arena in Lowell, Massachusetts. The tickets for the show will go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard. As far as right now, FTR, Samoa Joe, Mercedes Martinez, 
Wheeler Yuta, Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham are all being advertised for the event. If you'd like to find out more, continue following Ring of Honor, follow Tony Khan on social media, and follow Ryan Clark as he will give you all the details as they come forward. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour. Roman Reigns is advertised for WWE Raw at Madison Square Garden. Now, as many people know, Roman Reigns has taken on a lighter schedule this upcoming summer, but it looks like he's going to be returning for a special Raw at Madison Square Garden. Undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns is advertised for the July 25th event at Madison Square Garden. Real vs. Seth Rollins is being advertised as the dark match. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley, The Street Profits, AJ Styles, Theory, Ronda Rousey are also being advertised. Reigns is slated to make a title defense against Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match which will take place at SummerSlam on July 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, continue following eWrestling News and Andrew Ravens as he will have more information on upcoming appearances with Roman Reigns. WWE Hall of Famer talks why WWE and AEW really aren't at war. Thomas Lawson's writing in this hour, WWE Hall of Famer Road Dog Brian James has said that AEW and WWE aren't at war at all, despite what many fans may believe. James, who was inducted into the 2019 Hall of Fame as part of Degeneration X, was released from his behind-the-scenes role with WWE earlier this year. While on an episode of Insight with Chris Van Vliet, Road Dogg responded to the idea that the two promotions are at war with each other. He would go on to say this, AEW is not going head-to-head -head with WWE, so it almost feels more like not a war, but like I don't know, like there's another wrestling show. That's all how it feels. I don't think the boys are also in competition with each other. They don't feel like it's a war. But the offices, you know, well, it's just the way they feel. AEW stars appeared on WWE Raw last week in a partnership with the two companies. Brian Danielson, Paul White, Chris Jericho all appeared to praise John Cena on the 20th anniversary of John Cena making the main roster. This was definitely an olive branch being extended between the two companies, and there is some speculation floating around the world of wrestling that that might be not be the only time that they work together. Jonathan Jones also is mentioning at this hour, Kurt Angle says AEW made a very strong offer to him to wrestle one more time. Kurt Angle had his farewell match at WrestleMania 35. He was defeated by Baron Corbin, who's now known as Happy Corbin. And he walked up the stage with thousands in attendance cheering for respect for him. Angle's time in the ring is done, but the Olympic gold medalist also revealed an interesting tidbit regarding the company's interest in him again. Talking to NBC Sports 10 Count, the Hall of Famer revealed that Tony Khan approached him for a couple returns in AEW. Angle said that even though he was offered a significant deal, he ultimately had to say no to Tony and say, I'm still retired. He would go on to say in a quote, WWE realized that I was staying retired, but AEW actually wanted me to wrestle. In particular, Tony Khan gave me a call and wanted me. They offered me a pretty good deal, but I just can't do it anymore. I wish I could, but it's just not possible. They offered me for two different times, and I didn't want to go out on camera anywhere anymore. No more in a non-wrestling role. So I actually turned down that role as well. For more information on the overtures that AEW made to Kurt Angle, trying to get him to be part of an in-ring and out-of-ring, 
definitely check out Ryan Clark and Joshua Jones as they have this trending right now over on eWrestling News. Joshua Jones is also writing in this hour, Victoria talks about being forced out of the WWE locker room early in her career. Victoria debuted in WWE after being discovered by China while working as a gym trainer. Then she became a two-time WWE Women's Champion during her tenure with the company and was ranked by Woman of the Year by PWI. Although Victoria has accomplished quite a bit in her career in WWE, her most recent interview revealed that she didn't always have the best of starts within the company. During a recent interview with NBC Sports Boston, Victoria explained the rough start she had in the WWE. The former women's champion began her career as one of the Godfather's hoes and was referred to as Head Ho. It took a while for Victoria to get her own character established, and the lack of experience outside of WWE rubbed some of them the wrong way in the locker room. She would go on to say this, They didn't know I was going to wrestling school, and when I went into the locker room, you know, I came back to the locker room and I was now working in the ring. Well, they just grabbed all my stuff and I started to try to introduce myself, but then I came back and my stuff was outside the locker room. I was like, oh... And then I was like, oh my gosh. And someone said, you know, this is only for contracted girls only. And I said, oh, okay. I didn't make eye contact with anybody. I just went ahead and grabbed my bag, which was on the outside. I said, okay. And then I paused. Wait, I just signed a three-year deal, but that's okay. I just got dressed in the janitor's closet. Victoria would take a powerbomb by the Godfather during that episode of Raw. After being given the name Victoria, she would be removed from television and sent to developmental, pro wrestling in memphis for more training in 2021 the wwe network inducted victoria in a list of top female competitors in the company's history if you'd like to find out more about her experiences early on joshua jones has this article trending right now over on e wrestling news continuing with the headlines sasha banks unfollows wwe and now she's following tony khan on twitter thomas lawson's writing at this hour sasha banks has taken another step in distancing herself from WWE following her May 16th walkout. Banks and Naomi walked out of the show over creative differences with the main event, which have been noticed by a lot of people. On Twitter, The Boss now follows AEW President Tony Khan after unfollowing WWE's account. It's been reported that Banks was released by WWE last month. Neither she nor the company have yet to confirm any of those reports. However, you can keep up with all the news by following Thomas Lawson over at E-Wrestling News, and he will give you all the latest regarding her situation. Continuing with the news, very interesting, Miro talks about changing up his character in AEW. Joshua Jones is writing in at this hour, the Redeemer Miro has already had a huge impact in AEW. He became TNT champion after defeating Darby Allin on an episode of Dynamite and ruled as the champion for nearly five months. Miro recently returned to action after recovering from a hamstring injury and has picked up exactly where he left off. Miro is looking back at his AEW debut in the creation of the Redeemer character. In an interview with What Culture, the former TNT champion revealed how he met up with AEW president Tony Khan and about wanting to have control over his character. Miro would go on to say this, I just told Tony, now this is what we'll do. I'm going to be me. And because he's such a great boss, he let me run with the ball. He gave me the ball and said, do what you got to do. And I'm doing exactly that. He's not there. 
He's not telling me not to smile or not to look at the people or not to do this or not to do that. He's given me a clean go for whatever I need to do. And that's why I signed a multi-year deal because he lets me take all of these opportunities. If it was a situation like before, that definitely would have never happened. Before becoming the Redeemer, Mira was introduced as Kip Sabian's best man in his wedding with Penelope Ford. Miro took the moniker of the best man as he claimed to be the best man at everything he did. However, after Miro and Sabian suffered a loss on Dynamite, Miro attacked Sabian after the match and ended their alliance together. Miro would then embrace the new moniker of God's favorite champion after winning the TNT Championship against Darby Allin. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on with Miro and his additional comments he's made since joining the company, follow Joshua Jones, and he has all of this trending right now over on eWrestling News. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Mick Foley. Joshua Jones is writing in this hour, Mick Foley reveals what he thinks is his best match ever. Joshua Jones is writing, The hardcore legend Mick Foley has wrestled some of the baddest men in all of pro wrestling. He spilled blood and lost teeth and has been all over Hell in a Cell structure. With all that being said, he's garnered respect from his peers and the fans worldwide. Although many point to his matches with The Undertaker and Triple H as his best ones in his career, one match is nearest and dearest to the legend's heart. During a recent episode of Foley's Pod, the WWE Hall of Famer spoke about his feud with a legend killer, Randy Orton, and how he felt the story revolved around his character having a crisis in confidence. He pointed to the match against Randy Orton at Backlash 2004 as the absolute best in his career. He would go on to say, Yep, Backlash 2004, Randy Orton, that is number one for me. Now, under the Cactus Jack persona, fully battled Orton in a brutal no-holds-barred match for Orton's Intercontinental Champion. The hardcore legend fought tooth and nail to destroy Orton for his past sins against him. Unfortunately for Foley, Orton would win the match and retain the championship. For more news on this, follow Joshua Jones as he will give you more information about Mick Foley and the great moments Mick had in his career. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember Headlines is a one-stop shop podcast that gives you all the information regarding the world of pro wrestling. We go ahead and we talk about the greatest stars in AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and so many more. This podcast is available to anywhere podcasts are made available to you, and it is free on a daily basis. Let's go ahead and jump back into the headlines. Bobby Lashley still thinks he has a lot to offer and a lot to still accomplish in WWE. Bobby Lashley became a champion in WWE at last Saturday's Money in the Bank pay-per-view event when he beat Theory to become the new United States champion. Now, following the event, Lashley spoke with Ariel Hawani of BT Sports about several different topics, and one including his hopes to accomplish in the remainder of his career and what he had to say about that. Lashley would go on to say, and I quote, well, there's a lot. There's holding multiple titles. I haven't won a tag team title yet, so I still see that in my career. Winning the Royal Rumble, I see that in my career. Everyone's like, what if it doesn't happen this year? Well, maybe it'll happen next year. I'm positive. I'm so positive. Most people won't be positive, and most people make me sick. But the more positivity comes out of me, the more things are likely to happen. Lashley continued to say, These guys are cheering me, cheering my name, like I beat half somebody half my age. Theory is, 
He's incredibly talented, incredibly athletic, incredibly gifted as a bright, bright, bright future. And I'm just out there fighting with him. So man, if nothing else, it's just a blessing. Every day is a blessing for me. Continue to follow everything about Bobby Lashley because Andrew Ravens has all of this trending right now over at E-Wrestling News. Speaking of all the news that's trending right now, another person is making news right now. Shotzi Blackheart is making news. Shotzi fires back at haters for trolling her, following her women's money in the bank ladder match. Andrew Ravens is writing, The women's money in the bank ladder match this past Saturday was chaotic to say the least. Just like any other ladder match, it had seven wrestlers working in the ring and there were going to be some botched spots. Shotzi reacted to criticism about her performance in the match via Twitter. In her statement, Shotzi said that she only cares about whether everyone loved the match and that everyone was safe afterwards. She would go on to say, There are three things I care about at the end of a match. Is everyone safe? Did everyone have fun? Did the crowd react? No one got hurt. We had the best Vegas crowd. It was hot, hot, hot. I felt like I was on top of the world after that match, and I was so excited to finally have my first hardcore match in over a year. I wouldn't have done anything different. I didn't practice or thought I would do anything safely. But I'm a wrestle robot. I'm a human being, and I slip, and I make mistakes. Sometimes it's chaotic, and it's unpredictable, especially in a ladder match. I can take a joke and laugh it off, too. That's one of the things that I think a lot. I can't wait to see my stu stuff on Botchamania. But comments like, you should be fired, or other terrible things, admitting, admittedly hit me really hard. I have a few friends to wipe away the tears off my face and slap some sense into me and remind me who I am. With that being said, all my haters, well, they can suck my big giant hairy mangoes. If you'd like to find out more about what Shotzi Blackheart had to say about the criticism she received from her match at Money in the Bank, continue to follow eWrestling News as there will be more news trending as it comes out. Let's go ahead and let's give you an update on Big E. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour. Big E provides an update on his recovery from his broken neck. Big E is continuing to update fans regarding his injury status. The former WWE champion broke his neck and took a belly-to-belly -belly suplex from Ridge Holland during a tag team match on an episode of SmackDown this year. Now, the former WWE champion fractured his C1 and C6 vertebrae inside his neck. Big E shared the following update on his recovery in a statement on Twitter, and his C1 isn't forming bone yet, but they will do more scans the one-year mark of the injury. Here is the update. My C1 isn't ossifying or forming bone quite yet. The plan is to get more bone scans at the one-year mark and see how it's progressing. The great news is I feel tremendous and now surgery is considered off the table. For more information about Big E and his battle with his neck injury, continue following E-Wrestling News as they will continue to provide you with all the latest regarding his rehabilitation process. Titus O'Neil is making news, WWE superstar. Titus O'Neil opens up about adopting LBGTQ daughter. Find out more about this. WWE superstar Titus O'Neil said that everyone deserves a family in response to questions about him adopting his daughter. While speaking to Wrestling Inc., Titus discussed his daughter, who is gay, um, and has some homophobic members in his family, still refuse to speak to him. He would go on to say in a quote, I have a daughter who I just adopted. She's 16 years old and she's openly gay. 
One person asked me, how does it feel to have a gay daughter? Well, what does it mean to have a straight son? I know I've known her since she was seven or eight years old. I adopted her because she's a great human being. She deserves a dad. What her sexual preference is, I'm not here to damn her or demean her at all. Titus recently revealed that he's been in talks about an in-ring return nearly two years after his last match in WWE. O'Neal's charitable work and ambassador role earned him a 2021 WWE Hall of Fame Warrior Award. For more information on Titus O'Neal, Thomas Lawson has this story trending right now over on eWrestling News. Once again, if you're enjoying this podcast, remember Headlines is a one-stop shop podcast that gives you all the latest information on everything that's happening in the world of pro wrestling. If you're wanting to find out more about your favorite superstars, follow it. It's a daily podcast, and we will make sure that you get all of the information. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland. This has been great. I hope you and your loved ones are having a wonderful 4th of July. That'll do it, and I will catch you on the next episode of Headlines. The rule